Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. This is Tony, and you listen to Comic Conversations, episode 251, where we talk all things comics for the week of October 30th, 2019. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Alex, how are you doing today? Howdy duty. I thought you were going to say happy Halloween. Oh, happy Halloween. And then I was going to remind you, it's November 6th. I'm so sick of horror movies. It's only the one time a year that you really have to watch them. I know, but I'm just, uh, it's fucking all Lauren's been watching, and I'm so tired. Any good ones? We got up to Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Ooh. And uh, 3 really is the best one. And we watched uh, Friday the 13th 1 mm-hmm. today, which I haven't seen for fucking years, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, why does this look straight like it was made in the 1970s? Because it was. And we looked it up, and we're like, oh, it came out in 1980. Oh, it did? So it was, yeah, so it was made in the 70s. Ah. And that's why it looks like shit. And Kevin Bacon's in it. I didn't see that part, because I didn't watch that. Oh, he has one of the coolest deaths. Yeah, I didn't watch Where Mrs. Voorhees forces the arrow into his neck. She was hiding under the bed. She forces the arrow through his neck from under the bed. The the only thing I didn't like was uh, the um, the end of the movie where the girl is fighting with Jason's mom. Mm-hmm. Like, why was she being overpowered by an old woman? <laughs> like, I understood before that when she's like sneaking up on people and shit. But in the end, like she's, she could see her. She's having a straight up fight. And this old woman is literally slapping her around. And it's like, she's an old woman. Like, seriously? And then she cuts her fucking head off with a machete, which a machete is not strong enough to decapitate someone like that. Agreed. But it was, it was a movie. So it was okay. And Lauren actually thought she's like, God, this is so fucking boring until the end when like she starts doing the Jason voice. And then she's like, okay, this movie just became a 10. <laughs> Kill the mommy, hurt them. <laughs> yes, Jason. <laughs> it's a wacky film. It's good though. I like yeah. it. It's good. I, I do think they're better when, you know, zombie Jason is walking around killing people. Yeah, that didn't happen until part six, though. No, Jason was in other ones. But he wasn't a zombie. Well, they brought him back to life in the one where he, where he like, throws the metal deal in and then the lightning hits it. Yes, yeah, so I was Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. Hey, oh, funny story on that. They specifically had to call it Jason Lives. Because of part five. Was it Jason's dead? Because he dies in four and then they announced they're making another one and he wasn't in part five. He wasn't in five? No. Where was the one where he went to New York? That was eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make any sense though because he like hung on to a boat and Jason was afraid of water. Uh, he was stuck under the water though. Because in both, but how did he both, get on the boat? In both six and seven, they kill him by throwing him into the ocean and tying him to an uh, a boulder. You know what my secret favorite one is? Uh, nine. Uh, Jason X. <laughs> Evil gets an upgrade. J- Jason in space, where they rebuild him on accident with nano machines, and he just happens to be 
on a fucking spaceship with a bunch of teenagers, so he has to murder all of them. My favorite one was, I think it was in part nine, where he goes to hell. They wanted to have a death where he kills a bunch of the uh, the kids by uh, in the sleeping bag and just slamming it against a tree. But they said they couldn't do that. But in part 10, because they established that they were androids that he was killing, they let, they let them get away with it. Where was the one where, uh, like, it? I think it opens up this way where, like, it's all, like, supposed to be all scary and everything. And then the fucking military's there and they just, there's, like, 50 of them and they're all fucking shooting him. And then the girl does a crazy flip move and stabs him. That is also nine. Yeah, that one's good. That Jason goes to hell. They, that's the one where he was he was jumping from body to body, and, and you had to be related to him to kill him. No, to kill him, and but then to also uh, reincarnate him. He had to Uh-oh. jump into your body so he could reincarnate because he could jump from body to body, but eventually the body would die because it couldn't handle Jason for very long. So the only way he could sustainably reincarnate himself is with through a, a Voorhees. These movies are ridiculous. When we were watching Nightmare on Elm Street, I realized they keep changing Freddy. Like, his Not origin really. keeps slightly changing. His what? Well, well, okay, it's like, so the, uh, the, the parents, they, they burned him, right? Yes. They burned him. Yes. Okay. So, then he got magical powers. Yes. As a ghost. But my problem was, in certain movies, he could do stuff outside of dreams. And then in certain movies, he could only do stuff in dreams. So his powers were inconsistent. And they were inconsistent in how they killed him, because they found a new way to kill him in every single movie. Oh, yeah, at the end of three, it's like, oh, you got to bury him in hallowed ground. And then they have the fucking Clash of the Titans fight with the skeleton. That was great. I, I like that. It was wacky. And then Freddy has to go back and murder uh, the girl from the first movie. So he just kind of knocks the skeleton. And <laughs> and you see the how they revi- Did you see how they revived him in four? Uh, no, because we didn't watch four. I remember five is the one where... It had five is the one where they like show him being born and he's like born a little monster and he like runs away. Yeah. Which again doesn't make any sense. I don't think that was supposed to be literal though. But in part four, the way they bring him back is in the dreams. One of the kids goes back to where they buried Freddy's body in the dream and they're with a dog and then the dog just lifts his leg up and starts peeing a flame that leads all the way to Freddy's grave. That makes no sense. It doesn't, and I'm surprised. I'm surprised but they had to bring him back. I'm surprised people were forgiving of that because that movie did well enough to where, actually, I think it, of all the films, it did the best because three was so good. Yeah, three but, three was good, but four then, was so bad it killed the franchise. Once five came out, nobody wanted to watch them anymore. Five was way worse than four. Yeah, five is like the war because <sighs> two is really bad. But it's also kind of funny because, you know, it's so gay. But, God, that fucking movie. Yeah, I know. We could not stop laughing watching that. And Lauren asking, like, is 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 this, like, a gay movie? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, why does he yell like a woman? 
And I go, I don't, I don't know. That's what, that's what you told me. And I looked it up and I'm like, oh yeah, this is considered the gay one. See? I'm like, it's not a very positive portrayal of homosexuals. <laughs> no, but it's there. He's a very, he's a very ineffectual hero. No. Well, it's, it's because it's the girl who's the hero at the end because she stops him from being gay. <laughs> No, I bet I bet in the end they were just good friends. Aw. Well, that's your eight minutes of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, horror movie discussion. Uh, <laughs> let's go straight into these comic books. Uh, we're not going to have music this week because I still can't figure out what's going on with my setup. And we're gonna... we have no news. Yeah, so we're going to go straight into this oh. week's books. Cain Velasquez tapped in like 30 seconds. Yeah, it was sad. I'm going to watch it. The way they present it, it's like uh, the Frank Mir fight where... Oh, because the, the WWE fans know that. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it's it's presented... In, in it's Saudi Arabia? It's presented as a fluke is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Kane takes him down and just... Brock, catches him? He just catches him. Mm-hmm. So, I at first I hated the finish when I heard what happened, and then I actually saw it, and I was like, oh, okay. Okay, this makes sense to me. It makes more sense. I wouldn't say it makes 100% sense. I And I heard the women wrestled in, like, covered head-to-toe, had to wear T-shirts. I want to see that, too. Yeah, I, can, I, I can't... Uh, I, I didn't see that because I didn't care, so... And it's then, historic, brother. And then Ray... And then Bray wrestled in the red light again. And won. I don't think that was the problem people had with uh, the that entire Hell in the Cell match. Yeah. Oh, that he lost? It was that, and then on top of it, the red light. Is the red light really that bad? I haven't seen, so I don't know, but... I feel like... like the... it's it's Why is WWE going along with this? Because clearly he's not making the lights red. He doesn't have magical powers. I think they're sabotaging the character. Cause I don't think but it's he... not working. I don't think he was supposed to be this popular. Well, they didn't want him to be a baby face. They didn't want him to be a baby face. I think ultimately Seth was supposed to beat him, but then he got over and then they did all this stuff to sabotage him because uh, that's how WWE does. When something gets successful, they just don't run with it. No, they have to sabotage it. Well, it hasn't worked. Well, he won the title. He won the title, but Seth is not over anymore. He was over. Yeah. And now he's not. They hate him. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, well. What are our books this week? Our books this week include, but are not limited to, Savage Avengers Annual 1, Excalibur 1, Dead Man Logan 12, Conan the Barbarian 10, Sandman Hellblazer 1, Joker Smile 1, and open up this week's books from DC Comics, we have Batman Annual number 4. This was an extra long Tom King Batman stories. It It was a weird annual because... It was just, Tom King did the entire thing. It was like 50 pages. And he just told Batman stories. <laughs> oh, did he ever? I was fixing to not like this because the first couple stories are just kind of ho-hum stories. I liked the, uh, the very, the three-page murder mystery. Mm. With like Colonel Sanders and... <laughs> That that one is cute, and then it ended with uh, like just Batman's 
<laughs> Batman's days. Like, it's just all the stuff he did in days. And it's like he's fucking fighting dragons and riding dinosaurs and punching Joker and he's... curing plagues. And they, they had Batman literally doing everything Batman has ever done. But the best but... part is they put all the Silver Age stuff, so... Like Batman's playing a football game and he's fighting a knight in jousting. He's yeah, talking, and they didn't explain why. They just showed these things. He's, talk, he's talking to a giant Gundam robot. He's, oh, yeah, he's sitting on his shoulder. He's in outer space. He's he's going to kill a vampire with a stake and hammer. <laughs> Which, by the way, violates one of the Batman rules. Well, no, because he's a vampire. You can't kill the undead? You kill the undead because they're already dead. Oh. It's oh. like Batman could kill a zombie. You know, I, 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 I should, um, that actually, that actually does work because remember when he fought, uh, the Court of Owls and they sent all those, uh, dead people after him? Yeah, he killed them. He killed them because they were already dead. Yeah. If they're dead, he can kill them. The best part about him doing all these wacky journeys, it's literally they're right after each other. So I'm looking at one of the panels and on Sunday, April 11th, he's, Walking a tightrope over a flame, and then the very next day, Monday, April twelfth, he's a pirate with an eye patch. Yeah, they and they <laughs> they did list the days, and I'm like, motherfucker, Batman is the busiest son of a bitch ever. Well, and he broke it up like he had, you know, Tim comes and visits him on the anniversary of his dad's death, and because you you could play it off as you know, there's all the stuff that's Batman done over, but, he was, but it but when every- it's when it's day after day. Like literally the the day before that, he was curing if, cancer or something in a lab. If, coat. if you if you think about it though, given how many comics Batman has been in, that that would be true. Like for him to have this many adventures, it, it wouldn't. It, they wouldn't be. They wouldn't stack on top of each other like this. Where literally one day he's doing this, and the next day he's doing that. Well, but the the story wouldn't have been as interesting though if they're like if they're like March thirtieth. Rides a dinosaur. March thirty first. Reads the newspaper. No, <laughs> they but, should have had one that was like that. Well, because the thing is, it would have been realistic if it's March thirtieth. I I fought a dragon, and then uh, July fifteenth, I fought uh, a giant Gundam robot. We actually had two fighting dragon stories in this. Yeah, Tom King really wanted to have Batman fighting a dragon, and then Batman wrestled a gator. Oh yeah, it's, it, I think the, the write-up was, uh, alligators mysteriously appear in Gotham citizens' homes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just wrestling an alligator in somebody's bathroom. <laughs> like this fucking monstrous beast crawled out of the toilet. <laughs> no, this is, this is an enjoyable, this is an enjoyable read. The guy, I love Tom King. So yeah, like, like we mentioned, the, the creative of this was, uh, Tom King and the artist was Lee Weeks. Well, he was one of the artists. There were like 15 fucking artists on this. Yeah, because they, they did mention that uh, one of the collaborators... No, the the, the Lee Weeks uh, artist, uh, he, he's the one that did the Eisner-nominated Batman Elmer Fudd number one. Oh, yeah. He, he drew the first story, which I think was the longest one, if I remember right. The one that uh, Alfred narrated. It was really good. Everybody, yeah. everyone, if you haven't already, go out and read this. Very rarely do I recommend yeah, that you all read a book. Go out and read it's this not, book. It's not in continuity or anything. So, Oh, it could conceivably be in continuity. Batman's a busy guy. Well, it, I'm, I'm just saying it doesn't, like, you don't have to be reading the current. Oh, run, yeah, okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. 
Yeah, that's Batman Annual number four. Let's move on to our other DC book, Joker Killer Smile, number one of three, writer Jeff Lamar, art by Andres Sorrentino. Um, I, I, I liked this, but I didn't quite understand it. I, I know what they were going for. So the, the gimmick is, uh, a, a, a young family man shrink is meeting with Joker and he's gonna, he's gonna cure him. And Joker is mind fucking him from the minute he meets him. Now, the, the problem with the story, I think, and the art was very good in this, by the way. Um, the, the problem with the story, I think, is they're trying to show that the shrink is like kind of going crazy, but he only met with Joker once. Mm-hmm. So while I can, appreciate that story it's kind of what happened with harley quinn there's no build-in like this guy has a a very good home life he's got the loving wife and the kid who he cares about and blah 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 blah. um there was nothing to indicate that he's just being driven balls crazy because he hasn't met with Joker enough. Like he well, was even actually, told no, the I, issue. I think you're, I think weeks. you're wrong on that because they mentioned that he needed more time to work on Joker, and he was only getting the two weeks. So that can only lead, lead me to believe he's been working on him before. No, because uh, they showed his first day with him, and then he came home, and it was the next day because they said later, "Well, y- you know, you've only got two weeks." They they reminded us of that later. So it was on day two, and he's already imagining people, you know, murdered in the bathroom. So, like what you're saying would be right, except the the text of the comic led you to not believe that. Now, I I will continue to read this because I like Lemire, I like the art, and I think it's you know somewhat somewhat interesting. But I, I just thought he's – it's almost like he thinks, okay, I've only got three issues. i got to jump the gun here. Well, all he has to have is a montage of him talking to the Joker a bunch of times. Or the guy's already crazy. That could be it too. But I, I would rather they show like over time that Joker – just associating with Joker is trying to wear at him. Yeah. And then I had a problem with – he he goes to read his son good good night, and he reads him this horrifying story <laughs> – it was so hilarious. And then Joker is telling him the same story. And I thought that was him going crazy, though. Like, I thought maybe the book actually isn't like that. I was it's un- a hilarious story. It's like the happy animals. And then Mr. Smiles, the clown comes, but he starts brutally murdering all the animals. And like, they're showing the art. The thing is, and it's like, <laughs> I guess he's supposed to be going crazy because he doesn't think anything of it. Well, no, he did know that he's he's like, well, I, I, son, I can't finish this story. He's like, but dad, you promised. And he goes on reading it, and then Mr. Smiles pulls out the chainsaw and starts chopping off the animals' heads. And they got the cute little drawing of the animals decapitated with the X's for eyes. <laughs> and he's like, no, we're not going to read this book. Good night. And then he, like, walks away with it. But it's – he's like, well, dad, you gave me the book. It's like, well, where the fuck would he get this book? And how does Joker know about it? Maybe that's the mystery. Well, but then how does he not ask the wife? He's like, do you remember me ever buying this book yeah, for my cause, son? Cause, yeah, because he was holding the book. But she's just like, hey, what's wrong? And he's like, oh, nothing. I'm just thinking about work. 
Like he didn't even bring it up to her. It's just it's it it had too many. I was asking myself too many questions in this book, and I'm like, I've got a strong feeling the wife and the kid are going to end up dead. Yeah, probably, but it's gonna. I'm gonna be like, well, it just seems weird out of nowhere that he has yeah. this book. No, I, well, I well, agree. And, I and let's the same let's thing, say he but... wasn't crazy. What inspire? What would inspire him to buy this book for his kid? I don't think the book was actually like that. Mm. I, I think that's what it is. <sighs> like. Then again, he needed all he had to do was like a page or half a panel of just he goes and talks to Joker April 1st and then he's talking to Joker April 15th. It would take so much longer to completely lose your shit, though. What's that? Like you you don't you don't go crazy. After a couple days. Especially if you're like a trained mental health professional. Well, then even better. You have him talking to him April 1st and then, you know, October 2nd and then December 15th and then, you know, April again. No, I, I agree. It was, it was weird, but whatever. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but I still liked it. It was good. It wasn't great, but, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. All right. And a book that you absolutely love. Sandman Universe Special Hellblazer number one writer C. Spur art by Macario Takara. Cy Spurrier. Oh, Cy Spurrier. Thank you. It's been around for a while. Yeah, uh, I actually loved this because they did something really clever that you weren't going to pick up on. So what this book did was it, it gave, it, it basically got John Constantine has been in this weird role where they put him in the DC universe and he doesn't really belong there. Well, he, he, to me, he's one, he's one of those characters where I don't have a problem with it though. Cause it's like, well, you can, you can fit him in every once in a while, but he should not be front. He should not be in a, in an offshoot of the justice league. I still think John he, Constantine does not belong. In I, the justice I, league. I would say, okay, he could fit in there. Nothing about his character is out of the ordinary for the DC universe. My well, thing, it is because he's he's not a good guy. But my no, my thing is like you don't need him though. He's well, so it, they made fun of it in this book. Mm. So what they did was they opened up in, and this is from the original Books of Magic miniseries. The because this this book is apparently going to be tied in with Books of Magic fairly strongly. Um. So it opens up and it's in the future, the the future where Tim Hunter is the ultimate, most powerful evil musician and he's or magician, musician, <laughs> magician, and he's going to destroy the world. And it opens up in that. And, you know, what what Constantine is doing there. And. So this this was all from uh, the books of magic. The original four issue Neil Gaiman, uh, story, which is fantastic, by the way. You should read it sometime. It's still in print. Um, and in a part of that book, when Tim sees this, uh, one of the characters, Mr. E, is like walking him forward through history and he shows him this time and has the conversation he has with John Constantine in this book where Constantine's like laying down dying. Well, that happens like it normally does, and he's even remarking, oh, this is probably when that happened. 
and then he goes on and then someone else appears to Constantine and he realizes it's him from an alternate future and he tells him hey I can heal you uh, and I'll, I'll send you back if you give me your soul and he points out, you know, I'm not a demon. Like, Constantine burns himself, and the guy shows that he has, like, the little scar from it. So that's how he knows he's the same person. Um, so he's like, yeah, fuck it. Uh, do it. Put me back. So he puts him back, but when he puts him back, he puts him back in, like, new body in 2019. So modern day, current D.C., Mm -hmm. and Constantine remembers everything, but there's different stuff like, uh, the, the demons and the ghosts knew he disappeared. So they, they all went and infected Chaz cause they figured he'd come back to Chaz and he does, except Chaz was dead. So he doesn't have Chaz anymore. And the problem is, He's not in his timeline now, and he's in a different he's in a different year because obviously he got a new body. Basically, he's younger because um, Constantine was older in modern continuity. He, uh, you know, Chaz shit talks him about what an asshole he is and how he doesn't care about anyone and blah blah blah. And I'm not going to be your flunky anymore. So he's he's kind of he's kind of on his own. Not that. Chaz ever helped out, although the writing had him pretty much pegged with Chaz, where he's like, oh, but you're my friend, and he yells at him, and he's like, no, you just wanted someone who was stupider than you to make yourself feel superior, <laughs> which is largely accurate. That That is kind of why he kept Chaz around. But he's like, okay, well, I better deal with, uh, with Tim Hunter here. We'll have to go see about him. And he, you know, but they did they did specific stuff to show you it's going to be different from current. He's not going to be shooting lightning bolts and shit. Because as he's watching the fight, he's like talking about you know Zatanna and stuff and uh, uh, Tefe Swamp Thing's daughter and stuff. And he's like, yeah, there's all them up there with their fucking fancy light shows and shooting their laser bolts. And he's like, that's all bullshit magic. Like I don't go in for the flashy stuff. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. He did John Constantine magic in this. He he fucked with people to get his way. He fucked with a guy to get out of a mental institution that he found himself in. He, you know, makes people think newspaper is money so he can buy cigarettes. Oh, he, but you, you, you glossed over that. That was a great scene when he's talking to the guy in the mental institution. Well, I figured out what they were doing. I, I mean, that was, yeah, because what he did was instead of showing what he said and what the doctor said, they put over these little blurbs on like the gist of what they were saying. But I realized what he was in. It wasn't really the he, gist of what they were saying. It was what they meant behind what they said. Yeah. But what I found out was because they did it later when they're doing that, it's to indicate he's doing magic. That's that's what that indicates. Mm, I I didn't get that impression. Well, yeah, because he did the exact same thing later. Because I'm like, oh, okay, they're they're cutting to the chase. They're not showing the exact well, exactly. There's they're they're basically instead of having it, um, 
what's the what's the word I'm looking for? But they're basically spelling out for you what they're what they're talking about. Which I which yeah, I, but he which which is what he did, but he did it. Uh, it's it's in like a faster form because Ca- Constantine, the way he does magic, is hard to describe. But Gaiman did it really well once. But um, he he basically because the the gimmick of magic in DC is you're you're making things happen by accessing other realities. You're you're causing reality to step sideways is how he said it. Mm. So what Constantine was doing there was he was talking to the doctor. He convinced him he was sane in one conversation Mm -hmm. by moving things along. But again, like he said, that's not flashy. There's no light show. There's no magical beasts flying around. There's no lasers. It's He just talks to him and he gets his way. He talks to the guy at the store and he's like, oh, yeah, I know this looks like newspaper, but that's just because you're tired. It's actually a 20. It, and it's that that's why John Constantine is cool, because he doesn't have to do the big stuff. He does little things. His big act of magic in this was during the battle when he has Chaz go get him a pig head. And he starts writing symbols and the word fuck all over it, (laughs) puts a knife through it and tells him it's a magical bomb, which was complete bullshit. He explained, well, what I'm actually doing is he's like, these are all beings of magic and they're attracted to belief. Chaz believes all this bullshit. So him driving into it is like a big fucking flashing light and they won't be able to ignore it. So he sacrificed him to do that, but the big spell he did was, in fact, complete bullshit because that's what he does. So what this issue did really well was it set up John Constantine as John Constantine is when he's best. He is an asshole con man. He does this with magic, but again, it's not flashy magic. Ah, okay. It's – he – he fucks with probability basically it's he can he can get what he wants by by playing the game and it mostly comes out through talking it's just the way he does magic yeah but the problem with that is that makes him a popular character that people like and then they inevitably want to stick him in the DC universe yeah and he always has been but I think like putting him at home in this because this uh They've established that this new Sandman line, it it is in the DC universe, but it's not going to cross over all the time. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's separate, but equal. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm just, I can't help myself. (laughs) In a, in a good way. Oh yes, in a good way. Not, not in the racist way. No, but I want I want to see where the book goes, and th- this was a one off. But I mean, they announced at the end, like, yeah, there's a new series, and it's coming next month. So I don't know why this wasn't just issue one, because it basically was. Uh, why did why was Hickman's X Men written the way it was? So they could get more sales, exactly. But John Constantine isn't going to engender a shit ton of sales. If they're number ones, they might. I guess, and yeah, now they get two number ones. Exactly. But I don't know. I'll demand that we read it because I like this. I like what they're doing. I don't like when they try to give him a fucking 
space gun. I won't say I, I hated this, and I won't even say I didn't like it. It was just a book for me. So I will give the next number one a shot, and if at some point I don't like it anymore or it feels like a chore, I'm just going to stop it. The next number one? Oh, yeah. The next number one in a month. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give it maybe two issues. Because it's like, okay, the number one, if I don't necessarily like it, that's not really a good indicator of whether or not I'm going to like the book. But if we're like two or three issues in, I'm still not liking it, then yeah, that's when I'm going to put my foot down. Okay. And then you can just read the book on your own time. Like I do a bunch of other books that you don't like. <laughs> okay. Alright, that's good for DC. Let's move on to Marvel with Conan the Barbarian number 10, writer Jason Aaron, art by Mahmoud Azar. Azrar. Um, this was the origin of the Death God kids <laughs> and their mom. <laughs> and it was kind of cute. I guess. It it was kind of cute. Again, any other time I would love this story, but I just want the story to progress already. Because they left us on kind of a cliffhanger, what was it, two, three issues ago? And I would like a resolution to that. I think they wanted to... Well, I mean, this did end with the uh, with the blood god being born. But Conan didn't have to die for that to happen. He just had to bleed a little bit more. Just bleed. No, it was a it was a fun like they showed when Conan went and apparently killed their mom the the blood the blood witch, but the blood god brought her back to life as they described her as a very loyal dog. Because <laughs> the kids like sewed her head back on. Those fucking kids are hardcore because. Conan went in and he fucked up the he fucked up the tower. He chopped the old woman's head off, and then he basically lit the fucking place on fire. And they're like, the kids are like hiding, and they're like, oh, and they're like fucking seven years old, and they're like, oh, but we're followers of the Blood God. We can't die like this. And they both pull out fucking knives, and they're gonna stab each other in the chest, but. Uh, he brought their dead, creepy old witch mom back to life so she could carry him out. And then they just follow him around. And they they talk about all the adventures he's had in the series to try to make, like, this has all been connected. And, I mean, a lot of that we already saw. Because, like, there's the one where Conan's like, oh, I thought I saw something there. Well, in that issue of the comic, we saw them there. And Conan said the same thing. So, you know, I, I don't know why he felt he needed to remind us that, yes, see, this was all connected. We already fucking knew that. You showed us that. He's just stalling at this point, I feel. But, yeah, but he had the he had the blood god come in this issue. So, yeah, he's I, I would imagine it's got to kind of be done in the next issue. Yeah. Because he's there now. What the fuck else are you going to do? I think he wrote himself doing quarter and he doesn't know what to do now. <laughs> well, he just has to kill him. You could do another fucking Conan story. I know. But I, I, again, I'm still the impression that at some point we're going to get a, another writer on this book. Uh, Jason maybe Aaron, after this. Because I'm pretty sure Jason Aaron is still writing a quarter of Marvel's book still. 
Uh, just about, yes. Yeah, it's kind of sad. He's a good writer, but he's not that good. We'll see. All right. Dead Man, speaking of things ending, Dead Man Logan, number 1212, right? Ed Bryson, art by Mike Henderson. Uh, I like, I liked his death, and I thought the last two pages cheapened it. Very much so, because they're using this as a springboard into it for a new Avengers of the Wasteland. And it's like, uh, yeah, and here, here's the thing. Old Man Logan was kind of a, a well liked character. Like, they brought him into the main fucking Marvel Universe. The only reason they got rid of him was because they brought Wolverine back to life. Mm-hmm. But he was, like, the replacement. He came, he had a popular series, and he was popular enough. They brought him in, and people liked him, and they used him, and it was all fine. But then when normal Wolverine came back, they said, okay, we got to get rid of this character. And, you know, he has the climactic battle with Sabretooth where he basically cut him into even smaller pieces and just like there was fucking nothing left. Like there was part of a coat and like a shoulder, like he just fucking cut him all up. But in the fight, he is the last of his, uh, his rejuvex, his regenex, whatever is his magical steroids, my healing factor work thing yeah, his, his PDs. He used the last of that and it wasn't working. So he was going to die and he asked him to bring him back to his house and he he goes and he's at the grave of his wife and his kids and he talks to them and then he dies and they bury him. And that would have been a fine death. But they have them bury him and then they're like, well, we have to go on and blah, blah, blah. And then they walk off and it, it all but says to be continued in Avengers of the Wasteland. And it's like, I'm sorry, but. Those aren't compelling characters. None of them, really. Not the it's baby. Fucking. Not the baby Hulk, all grown up, and not this. Uh, not Jessica Jones's daughter. Yeah, Jessica Jones' daughter, who now has Thor powers because reasons. I, I'm I'm sorry. I have no interest in that. I'm. I, I thought if it should have ended with him dying. Because that's what the series was about. The series was about him. The series was not about young baby Hulk and Danny Cage. And let's be honest, this book really took a turn for the worst as soon as he went back to the Wastelands. Because you're thinking, okay, the story's not over yet, so they're obviously going somewhere with this. And what we've read so far has been pretty good. But I felt like this part of the series where he went to the Wasteland just was a complete waste of time. It was because they stopped focusing on him. And then the book became about Hulk. And the book, be- I, I thought the stuff when they found Forge was fairly interesting. And yeah. I liked that they brought Sabretooth back. I, I did like that. You could have just given him a happier ending. He just goes to the wasteland, just lives out the rest of his life. And then eventually his power fades and then he dies. Well, it was called, I don't know. I think if you're Wolverine, like you want Wolverine to die like that, like Wolverine died killing his biggest enemy. Eh. So, I mean, I'm, I, I can, but this isn't even that. the real Wolverine though. Huh? This isn't even the real Wolverine. Well, no, but it was this Wolverine. Like it, it works. Even the real Wolverine would have gone out like that. He's fucking, he's fucking samurai. Samurai's die in battle. Eh. I thought it would be a better and stronger idea if he just had just lived out the rest of his life as a happy man, 
by himself. But he, but he never would have been happy because his family was dead. Well, he was his family died no matter what, and he still wasn't happy. Yeah, that was still the gimmick. Like he, he had nothing to live for. He wasn't sad about dying. Well, he was dying. He thought maybe I could finally see my family again. That was all he had left. Yeah, he did mention he's going to see them again, and he's like, if anything, I could hope. I'm sorry I wasn't there in your moment of need. I'm, I hope when I see you again, the least you could do is forgive me. Yeah, and he, he cried yeah. before he died, and it wasn't because he was dying. It was because he wasn't sure. Yeah. So that was fine. It was just cheapened by the tune in to our next fucking series. Yeah. It is what it is, though. And I feel yeah. like I feel like maybe this book – you could have a better spinoff would be just other things that are happening in the wastelands or in this. Pool. Well, that's what this series would would be, but it's only a mini. Oh, see, that's but saying. I mean, that's what it would be. They're going to form a new Avengers team, no, but and presumably they're going to deal with. No, I'm saying if you had a bunch of sh- you know mini adventures of all the people that are living in the wastelands now, like you they fo- could still do that. You follow up this. on you follow up on Doom and Emma, or you could do stuff with. Um, I don't know, Black Bolt, I think he's still uh still kicking. And they they might. Yeah, but it's gonna be Wait, done they're... it's gonna be done with the focus of this jobber team of Avengers. Yes. Which I'm not a big fan of. Well all the other Avengers are dead, so Speaking of groups made up of jobbers, Excalibur number one, writer Teeny Howard, art by Marcus Two. Apocalypse is on the t- or whatever his new name is. <laughs> That was the fuck. It's in, it's in, it's inaudible. It's just a bunch it's, of le- it's, symbols. It's in, it's in, it's in the, well, we could find out what it means because he gave us a fucking translation, mm-hmm. but God knows I'm not looking that up. Yeah. yeah. Apocalypse isn't, as he told people like five times, he's not apocalypse anymore. He's series of symbols in the new mutant language. And they had at least two people say, Oh yeah, I can say that. <laughs> well, at some point, I think it's isn't it Betty? She pronounces it when she's talking to him. No, they never have anyone. No, audibly... they have somebody say it. I remember. Oh, no, nobody ever says yeah, it. Yeah, somebody says it. You better look back through the book because nobody ever said it. Okay. They just kept doing the because it's in mutant speak. Uh, but do your they, recap uh, while I try to find it. Yeah, they um. Okay, so the the big the big gimmick of the book is um, another Krakoa portal appears on Krakoa, but they can't get into it, and it's leading to the other world, Avalon, mm-hmm. uh, the source of Captain Britain's powers, um, where Morgan Le Fay is taken over. Um, so this. Uh, this portal in that world has appeared over her magical fucking wishing well or whatever. And it's fucking with her powers. She doesn't want that because she's in a war right now. So she wants to kill. She basically wants to kill all the mutants um, because they're responsible. So uh, Betsy is going to, Krakoa, apparently to live because she's a mutant. Uh, her brother, you know, he can't live there because he's not a mutant. Um, he's a guy with magical powers. Uh, 
he wishes her luck and she goes and she keeps telling everyone to not call her Psylocke. <laughs> because as we all recall, she took over another woman's body for like 20 years and just lived inside it. Uh-huh. And that's not her name. She does not want to be her. So she doesn't want people to call her that. She just goes, she just keeps going. Yeah. Call me, call me Betsy. <laughs> okay. That's- I found the page. And it's from the the last person you would expect it to be from. On page 26, Rogue says it. Did she say it in symbols? Yes. Okay, well, then we don't know what the fuck it is. But she said it. But, you said nobody could pronounce it, and I just found in the book where... Well, she, no, I mean, we can't pronounce it. They can. They can all speak mutant. Yeah, but it, it, what was it? Earlier in the book, I think it's probably Betsy or uh, Jubilee says, I can't pronounce that. Oh, uh, well, someone had to, because the other people all said, oh, I can pronounce Well, the that. gag could just be, no one wants to call Apocalypse by his new well, name. Well, the, the gag is, his fucking name is in a language we don't speak. So, they'll probably just keep calling him Apocalypse. Which is funny, because he's a good guy now, apparently. Yeah. Uh, they also bought uh, Betsy and Brian's evil brother back to life, because he was a mutant, and he's a douchebag. Yes. Um, But anyway... So Apocalypse wants to bring uh, her and her brother to Krakoa and then use Rogue so that they can synergize all their powers and go into the portal. But, you know, Captain Britain and Betsy are, you know, they're heroes. So they just say, fuck it. And they, they go to Avalon and are immediately captured by Morgan Le Fay who immediately, since she is now the ruler of Avalon, is technically in charge of uh, Captain Britain, but he gives the amulet to Betsy, who escapes like a coward. <laughs> and she shows up back in Krakoa as Captain Britain because she needed a gimmick, basically. Like, she was just girl with uh, who could make psychic swords now. And she's not a ninja like uh, like uh, whoever the Asian girl she took over was. Yeah, this so. is a lot better direction for her because, you know, personality-wise, she's supposed to be the focus of this book. There's not much to it. And at least he, her being the new Captain Britain is something. And the thing is, I, I was when I was reading this, I was like, they got to be able to do something with the Captain Britain character. This is before the ending. Because I'm like, it's just kind of a dumpy loser character. And they've attempted to do stuff in the past where he well, sort of... You know, especially the, now, because it's like he's married to Megan, and he has kids, and like all of his fighting is done in another world that we're Marvel has proven time and time again comics in other worlds don't sell. Yeah, well, they saw that, the Spider Gwen book. Well, okay, well, Spider Man's an exception, but overall, like, what was that fucking that place they made that they kept doing books in for a brief period of time? There's, and then they just stopped cold. There's a we, bunch of weird world. Oh yeah, weird world. Yeah, like they tried to get that. They tried so many shit. times to get other dimensions over. Yeah, Heroes cool. Reborn, Ultimate Universe. Nothing's ever really taken. So the the gimmick of this seems to be, and I don't know why they picked this team. Like, uh, they're basically saying Apocalypse, since he's been since he's been around for so long, he understands magic. Mm-hmm. Which I I don't know if that's ever been a part of his character, but 
I'll I'll accept it. He has been around for, you know, 5,000 years or whatever. So, okay, fair enough. And she has magical powers now. I don't know how Gambit and Rogue fit into that. Because they're there. Except and- they, they needed some some other mutants oh. on the team. Well, I think they needed a character who was popular and over. And they're to a degree. Well, they got fucking Apocalypse. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah, but not like as a draw, though. But they haven't set up what they're actually going to be doing. They seem to be dealing with magical shit. And it's in Captain Marvel does a lot of reality hopping. So maybe it's going to be fucking Krakoa gates open up in alternate realities. And this is the team who deals with it. I, I don't know. I, whereas, uh, Marauders, I got a good sense of what the series was gonna, and and I didn't dislike this. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't know. I, I don't understand the, uh, the thrust of the series is well, i don't quite get it yeah well i was un- remember i was not too enthusiastic about reading all these side x-men books that are written by hickman and marauders kind of broke me of that right out the get-go but this sort of reassured me that all these books aren't necessarily going to be good well i don't think it was a bad first issue they did stuff and it it wasn't uninteresting. To like, me, it, it doesn't help because the Hickman stuff's really interesting, and then Marauders was a, a pleasant surprise. Whereas this is just middle of the road, milk toast. Well, this would this would be one I wouldn't demand we continue to read. This is like middle of the road, five out of ten. And we're gonna have like three more of these. We have to try. I'm not gonna read them all. Yeah. But I didn't. I'm just saying I didn't think this was bad. I, I just don't understand where it goes. Because if it's going to be a book about them fighting fucking Morgan Le Fay, I, I give no shits. Yeah. No shits at all. And that seems to be what the book is about, which is a fucking miniseries. It's not a continuing series. Okay. But. Another book I felt kind of uh, on the fence on. Savage Avengers Annual Number 1, writer Jerry Duggan, art by Ron Garney. This is just another Conan book. Yeah, with with Black Widow and uh I mean it it tried to tie it in. I guess the, I guess of, what this it, this is an annual cuz it didn't deal with the Savage Avengers team cuz neither Black Widow or this other dude is on the team. No, they had uh Damian Hellstrom and uh Black Widow were the ones. And so basically what happens is the book opens up and um Conan gets in a fight with some guys because he's in what he believes to be a brothel, but he he comes out and he said, these women do not want to be touched by Conan or any man. So he's upset about that. And then he orders a drink, which he says is swill, and smashes the bottle in the guy's head and then murders everyone because he's Conan. And... Uh, the women all come talk. He ends up banging one of the women, by the way. Right, good for him. Because she's happy for saving him. Um, it's it's some sort of sex trafficking ring. And Conan does not like slavery. So he wants to know, you know, where they are. And he gets told and he goes. Well, at the same time, one of these women is, instead of praying to God, is praying to the devil 
to save her from these people. And Hellstrom is, you know, hanging out in the pit, doing nothing. And he's like, hey, somebody's praying. I'll, I'll go help because he's the good devil. And uh, so he goes up and at the same time, Black Widow is uh, chasing these same sex traffickers who all have sickle tattoos. So that's our connection. That's uh, Cool and Goth's cult. But we also found out his end game is summoning a Marvel vs. Capcom character. <laughs> I I don't think he's exclusive to Marvel vs. Capcom. Well, he's not a he's like a fucking minor uh, Doctor Strange villain, mm-hmm. I think. So, what, yes, what's his name? Shuma Shuma Gorath. Yes, is is uh, his his end game? Which, if if judging from the last time he was brought back, he's an amazing character. I love him. I don't think he's going to be as funny. Because that was the gimmick. They just made him funny. They made him egotistical, and he kept putting himself over. And I was like, you know what? For a character I didn't know anything about outside the game, he's a great little wacky character that more people should be doing you, stuff with. You know you know what the uh, what the interesting Shumagorath-Conan connection is? I'm waiting for it. The name Shumagorath comes from a Robert E. Howard story, creator of Conan, where he once mentioned Shumagorath. Nice. That is where the name came from. So they have effectively taken, and it wasn't from a Conan story either. <laughs> so they have taken a character who was named after an obscure oh, Robert E. Howard story. That's cute. And mixed it into Conan, which when I read that, I was like, oh, that's that's clever. Good for you for doing that. And just to make me- but yeah, they they murder all the slavers. And uh, why couldn't why couldn't Hellstrom be on the team instead of Brother Voodoo? Uh, I like him more. He's visually more interesting. Uh, what I'm saying is, wait, say that again. Damien Hellstrom, why couldn't he be on the Savage Avengers instead of Brother Voodoo? Because they have to get Brother Voodoo over, because of representation. Isn't there another black guy on the team? No, he's only one. Oh, god damn it. Well, couldn't he be on the team in addition? Uh, He has a fucking fire horse. It's awesome. Okay, I'll say this for the character. He's written really well, and personality-wise, he's great. But visually, there's not much to him. I love him. He's got the fire stuff going on. He's got the fire horse, and he has the fire trident. If you gave him a a new look, the character probably could get over. Uh, I like the way he looks. I think he looks boring. But but you're right. As a personality, he's much more interesting than Brother Voodoo, who's sort of a flat line. Yeah, that's okay. But yeah, this is a story about Conan murdering lots of people. Although, uh, what did Black Widow refer to him as a horny killing machine? Yes. Or something? Yes. <laughs> because he just, they were there and he kept, he's like, oh, I love women with raven hair. <laughs> <laughs> he's immediately trying to fuck her. Like, just from from step one they need to introduce conan to mary jane by the way (laughs) 
is is what this told me. But yeah, they go and they're trying to make plans of what they're going to do. Like, okay, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to snipe them. And then Hellstrom, you go in this way. And uh, Barbarian guy, you go in. The, and she looks and fuck Conan's gone. Charging headlong into them, fucking cutting heads off. Uh, going back to uh, Shuragurath. I was like, uh, and then you introduce the only way you can kill him is with the bone saber of Zubacalis. Because <laughs> what game were you talking about earlier? And I guess was cows casually looking it up, and it turns out there's an Aqua Teen Hunger Force tie-in, and I'm like, ooh, they have to do it. Diablo. Now. Yes, Diablo. There we go. It was in it was in Diablo three. Well, it's like uh, South Park had when they did the Warcraft episode, the Sword of a Thousand Truths. Mm-hmm. And they put that sword in World of Warcraft. It it was actually just it was the the sword they used for the episode. It was it was Frostmourne. It was Arthas' sword, but they changed the name and they put it in the game. It was I believe it's a gray item, which is a very common item that you don't use for fighting, but. They gave it the name. <laughs> and it said something like, has killed many boars. <laughs> so, that was, that was good. It's the only thing that can bring the, the, uh, Universal Remonster to his knees. <laughs> you could kill him with a pillar. <laughs> Alright, next week's books. Oh, we're already on next week's books? Yeah, you fool. Jeez, okay. I told, well, A, I told you we weren't having music, and I didn't say it, but I sort of implied it's kind of a short week, because, um, No Silver Surfer Black, and then that Harley Quinn book was a issue two of a, of a series that we own, that, that's not the Harley yeah. Quinn series we're reading. Yeah, there were two Harley Quinn books, and we read the other one. So we had seven books this week. Yeah. Okay, Batman 82. Now, to be fair, there were two annuals in that. Yeah. Continue. Ugh, one sec. Green Lantern Black Stars, number one. Is that also being written by Grant Morrison? Yeah, it's only three issues. Okay. Until he does a relaunch. God, they're getting just so blatant with the number ones, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Legion of Superheroes, number one. Now, if this book, I'm only going to give it one issue. (laughs) This book is about fucking Rose and Thorn, and it's not about the Legion. I am not going to read it. Can it be about, well, can it, if it's not about Bouncing Boy, I don't want (laughs) Bouncing Boy cannot be in every issue. Can he be the focus of the, the first issue? I don't think he is because the focus of the first issue apparently is uh Jonathan Kent. Mm. Who who left to go join the Legion of Superheroes and his parents were totally fine with him living in the thirty first century. Yeah, no one thought to ask, Hey, where's your son? And he, sh- he oh, shows he's in the thirty first century. He shows up back in mainline DC and he's like seventeen. Eh. Whatever. Uh, okay, Legion Super is one. Lois Lane, number five. Got uh, it. Superman Up in the Sky, number five. The weirdest Superman series ever. It is a little odd. A little, little bit odd. Um, I think that's it, right? From DC. 
uh, scrolling, scrolling. Oh god! Scrolling. I, I just casually, I'm like, oh, let's see if Young Justice has gotten good. Guess who's dead center in the the cover of this book? Naomi. Yeah. Yeah. I I warned you. Um, I warned everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's his Can't pet character that he's gonna insist on getting over. Yeah, and it's God. He's gonna have like some kind of history for him to be. He was a racist at some that, that point. That has in to life, be it, right? Like his family like, traded slaves or something. Because he is trying <laughs> way, way, way too hard. I, I don't know. There is an underrepresentation of black characters in comics. But it's not like they don't have black characters already that are being underutilized. Well, yeah, but he's trying to make new ones. Yeah, well, she's not over. It could be worse. He could have taken an existing white character and just made them black. He did create a new character. I would say do something with Mr. Terrific, but they already kind of are, so. Yeah. Okay, Daredevil 13. Doctor Doom number two. Yay! Fantastic Four 16. Yay! Uh, Ghost Rider 2. I don't know if I love that book or not. Uh, we didn't love it, but we didn't hate it. Oh, okay. Um, New Mutants, number one. What is the gimmick of this one? <laughs> I don't care. It's New Mutants being written by Jonathan Hickman. The new generation claims the dawn. The classic New Mutants. Sunspot, Wolfsbane, Mirage, Karma, Magic, and Cypher. Oh, no, no, uh, but it's got magic in it, which is disappointing. Get together with a few new friends, Chamber and Mondo. Oh, yeah, because Chamber's not dead anymore. Because all the people who died aren't dead. But no more. And share. No Warlock, though. To, to seek out. Well, he's not a mutant. He could still be there. Oh, he's got he, to if, seek out. If you look at Cypher's arm, he's got the Warlock. Well, Phalax arm. Well, they're going. They're going to space. You better get Warlock. Well, they're going to space, so... I would threaten to not read this book if there's no Warlock in it, but this is written I by I think Hickman. Warlock is dead, by the way. But I'm, I'm saying not... this is written by Hickman, so I'm going to have to read yeah. it. Well, yeah. New Mutants. Uh, Savage Avengers number seven. Because that was an annual that we read this week. Which is, unfortunately, an Electra book, but... Ugh. And, uh-oh. X-Force number one. There's two X-Men books coming out. With no, uh, with no Conan? On the Savage Avengers book. X-Force is the CIA of the mutant world and one half intelligent branch, one half special. You said you were going to read them all. Yeah, well, I am. I just want to know the game. I I don't want to. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You want to hear the team? I'm looking at the team. Beast, Jean Grey, Sage, Wolverine, Kid Omega, and yeah. Domino. Wolverine, Quentin Quire, and Domino is the fucking best team <laughs> ever. I love that. <laughs> Unfortunately, Jean Grey is on the team. Well, she's on one half of the team. She is on the uh, intelligence Oh, side of the team. So I was going to bring this up earlier, probably off air, but since we're talking about it, and so remember the last, the issue of X-Men number one where it was the Cyclops family and then incidentally Wolverine was also living with them? 
Yes, which I found odd. People are now implying that Cyclops and Jean Grey and Wolverine are all together. Uh, no, because that ruins that ruins the the feud. But why else would he be living with them? Because it's the entire Summers family. Well, he has and he has his own room. Yeah, but still creepy. Like, why is he well, there? We have to read to find out. People, I, I, I think. Why there isn't must, Scott still with Emma? I think they're well because they broke up. Well, but they could get back. Well, him and Gene broke up too when he cheated on her with Emma. Uh, did they break up? Yes, he was. He was mentally having an affair with. This was in New X Men. Yeah, but I wasn't. He was I mentally wasn't, having I an wasn't affair under, with her. I wasn't under the impression that they broke up. I think she just yeah, died, and and then he just was just with Emma because Jean was dead. She, she died later. Yeah, so they never broke they, up. They, they, no, they broke up, and then she died. Well, they implied they're back together. Yeah, they implied, but they haven't. So is she now just dating them both to see which one's better? I don't know. Maybe that would lead to some hilarious Archie-like issues, <laughs> which is what I want to see. Although it's it's kind of hard to do that with Emma there, right? Because if she chooses Logan, well, Emma's Emma's Emma doesn't live on the moon. Emma is on Earth running X Corp or whatever. But if you're or the Hellfire, Club. I imagine if you're Scott, you would just go with Emma because it's like I don't want to play this game. I'm just going to hook up with Emma. She's hotter anyway. Well, maybe he likes redheads. Yeah, but a redhead that you have to compete for. Emma's also kind of a hoe. Well, hey, anything worth uh, nothing that you don't have to fight for is worth it, mm. or something. Anything worth fi- anything worth. I know what the expression you're trying to say. Anything yeah. worth having is worth fighting for. There we go. Yes, exactly. And he's not going to beat Wolverine because Wolverine's always going to be more popular. I would still just go with Emma. She's more. Well, in- she's more interesting, and she's hotter. I don't think she's more interesting. Yeah, she is because she has a personality, unlike Jean, who's just a blank slate. No, Jean has a personality. No, she doesn't. Sure, she does. Cyclops doesn't have a personality. <laughs> that's true. Actually, no. I uh, think that's why Morrison put him with Emma. No, it's like she's got a really strong actually, personality, and he doesn't. I think no. I think when I think Jean dying was the best thing to happen to Cyclops because. Before he was just a blank slate who was kind of a prick where... Yeah, and then he was a prick who turned evil and murdered Professor Xavier. That should have been his character. But they never went with that. I know, remember, because they got all the way up to the to the edge. And they were about to pull the trigger and then they gave him his own solo series where he's a good guy. Yeah. Just make him a and bad they guy. Just it. make him a bad guy. It'd be great. Everyone already well, hates they him. Don't, they don't need to now. He's He's got somewhat of a gimmick. I now, know, so. but there was a time when they could have pulled the trigger and it would have been great. He wouldn't. He's not a threat. He shoots lasers out of his eyes. Yeah, like, but the, the threat could be... And he, they're not even lasers that cut you. They're like concussive lasers. Well, they could change... It's it like to, getting punched in the face from the distance. Well, they could change that, and then the, the gimmick... He could, could have a secondary mutation where he is interesting. Well, I'm saying they could always do the gimmick where he wants to kill them, but they still have hope for him, so they don't want to kill him. Why don't, instead of that, they have his secondary mutation be he gets Conor McGregor's personality, and he starts sexually assaulting women? That'd be great. And then, 
and then people will pay to read issues where he might get his ass kicked. Oh, he needs. Oh, uh, and they could put they could put the DS brothers in an X Men comic as mutants uh-huh. from Stockton, but. They try to get them to move to Krakoa, but they won't move to Krakoa because there's no electricity and they can't plug in their Sega Genesis. <laughs> that would be amazing. But Krakoa can grow like bomb-ass weed. And no one would ever steal their bike there? Yeah, and no, 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 because everybody's friends there. They wouldn't steal their bikes. <laughs> oh, and you know what the best part about living in Krakoa? Well, two things, actually. What? One, everyone's a hitter. Everyone's in Oh, and everything's all natural. Yeah, no one's on steroids. Yeah, there's nothing but there's nothing but whole foods on Krakoa. <laughs> You're all on steroids. It'd be, fucking, it'd be the fucking easiest easiest time they could ever have. And then uh, Nate Diaz can congrat can uh, shout out to his favorite X Men. Like shout out uh, to Cannonball, and he just starts calling out the fucking obscure. <laughs> Long shot. I can't even. Can't, he's not an X man. Uh, Brew. Grew. Isn't his name Grew? Oh, what a shout! What a do shout out! Glob Herman, Maggot, <laughs> Blink, uh, Barnell, Darwin, <laughs> um, Vange. Uh, uh, Long shot. Who's the green guy? Dupe. Zorn. Dupe. Dupe. Blood, Bloodstorm. Beak. Tattoo. Shout out to No Girl. Gold Balls. Uh, uh, shout out to, his name's Egg now. I know. Gotta get a shout out to Choir. Marrow. Gold Balls. <laughs> my, my boy Zeitgeist. Skin. Toad. Uh, Lifeguard. Pyro. I'm fu- Pyro's not obscure. He was in one of the video games. Motherfucking <laughs> <laughs> new album by Dazzler's out. Gonna drop 2020. Whoa. To the maximum effect. <laughs> to the maximum to the, effect. To the X effect. <laughs> hey, he's fighting. Yeah, this Saturday. Or he would have already fought by the time this episode comes out. Oh, yeah. I hope he wins. He's gonna win the BF... BMF title. The BMF title. I've told you who's gonna, Which, aw- I told you who's gonna award the winner of that belt, right? Dwayne, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yes. Is awarding that, and he also has an announcement to make. Which I hope is he's stepping into the octagon. Nice. To fight CM Punk? And I hope that in the, he'll probably win. <laughs> 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 and I hope that in the fight he beats him with the people's elbow. <laughs> nice. He fucking runs to the side of the cage and doesn't bounce off and gets confused. Oh, speaking of The Rock, uh, did you see Kevin Hart's uh, Halloween costume? I sent it to you. I sent you the video where Kevin Hart went to his house. You didn't watch that? Yeah. No, I thought Dave Kevin- sent it to me. Our old buddy Dave, uh, former co Oh, no. I said, no. He, he fucking knocks on the door. He's like, I heard you were giving out the full-size candy. No, here's a bite size for you because you're little. You put it in your fanny pack. <laughs> and then when he's then when he's leaving, he like kicks his decorations. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I wasn't aware of this. My wife told me they feud online. They feud everywhere. I don't know why. Because <laughs> it's fun. Is it just like a joke thing? Because he's I think Kevin Ke- Hart is a little dude. I think Kevin Hart. 
gets off on it and The Rock likes the exposure. Cause I think in this, uh, I think in this instance, Kevin Hart is in fact a bigger star than The Rock. Uh, he certainly doesn't make as much money as The Rock. Uh, I don't know about that. Highest paid actor in Hollywood, isn't he? I don't know if that's true. He's definitely higher paid than fucking Kevin Hart. More than Robert Downey? I thought I read he was the highest paid actor. He's in more movies. Yeah, you know where you probably read that? Probably The Wrestling Observer. No, because I haven't read The Wrestling Observer in a long time because it's an AEW. Why would people be paying for the money for The Rock when none of his movies do particularly well? Jumanji did good. To be the highest paid actor? He's a big guy. You got to pay him per pound. (laughs) Per pound, they have to weigh him in. Hey, but then shouldn't John Goodman be a bigger draw then? No, because John Goodman's lost a bunch of weight. Yeah, but he's have still, you seen him recently? Yeah, but before he was a gigantic fat pig. Yeah, you probably made a lot more then. I'm sure there's actors that are fatter than that too. Roseanne. Yeah, well, she got fired. Before it turned out she was a racist. Yeah. Yeah, before she was a racist. Well, they forgot. If he wasn't so sure, I would she say... lived in Iowa, dude. If, what do you want? If he wasn't so sure, I would say Jonah Hill. Didn't he just get fired off a movie? And also, New Batman, right? Yeah. They should, he they, was good in that... Uh, if that's the case, then Fat Thor should be making more money than, than all of them. Fat Thor fucking was the entire Avengers movie. By the way, this is... Uh, as I we prepare to close up this uh, episode... Uh, Fat Thor is officially now the costume for, uh, cosplayers at comic book conventions now. For Fat Guys. I have seen a lot of pictures of Fat Thors. Cause it's no effort. You just fucking put, it's basically just a, you know, the dude costume. Jeff Bridges, when he walks out on the street, fucking people ask him if he's Fat Thor. Kevin Smith isn't fat anymore. So he can't be Fat Thor. Have you seen Skinny Wayne Knight? No. It's the scariest looking thing in the world. <laughs> I, I feel like I shouldn't be looking at that. Like Thin, thin Newman. <laughs> that is That does sound weird. I never watched Seinfeld. It's like an oxymoron. I think I knew him from... Uh, when he took a blast in the face <laughs> in Jurassic Park. <laughs> all right, well, let's wrap this bad boy up. So from all of us at HalfGuard.com, thanks for checking out this week's episode. And check you guys out next week. Adios.